Hello, this is Good One, a podcast about jokes. And I'm your host, Vulture Senior Editor, Jesse David Fox. So each episode, I have a comedian on to play and talk about one of their jokes. But sometimes the comedian is two comedians, and the joke is a sketch. Like, for example, the episode you're currently listening to. And this sketch came from this little live show that airs on Saturday nights, funnily enough, called Saturday Night Live. So a year ago, SNL aired one of my favorite sketches, period, full stop, like, really one of my favorites ever, uh, entitled Wells for Boys, It's a Triumph in Comedic Specificity. Subtle and genuinely moving, the comedy walks a curious line of being both gentle yet pointed. It was instantly recognizable as the work of Julio Torres, the writer on the show that has made a name for himself with sensitive, acute, dreamlike sketches like The Sink, which is about the inner monologue of a garish sink, to Papyrus, a sketch about the absurdity of Avatar using the font Papyrus for its logo. Still, Wells for Boys, which he co-wrote with Jeremy Byler, is his masterpiece. The performances are truly stunning, so I highly recommend you watch it if you haven't, but you'll definitely get a sense from the audio why it's so special. It stars Emma Stone as the titular boy's mom and Bobby Moynihan as his dad. Cecily Strong plays the ad's announcer. After, you'll hear Julio and Jeremy discuss how it all came together. Here is Wells for Boys. With Fisher-Price play sets, some kids can be four-star chefs. Some kids can win the race. But some just long to be understood. Introducing Wells for sensitive little boys from Fisher-Price. Wells for sensitive boys to wish upon, confide in, and reflect by. Some boys live unexamined lives, but this one's heart is full of questions. Just hear how much he loves the well. You don't want to do the commercial anymore? Okay. Do you want to go watch E2 Mama Tambien? Yeah? Okay, he wants to go back to the well. He'll enjoy running his little fingers around the edge of the well. On days when he's had too much, He'll lean on it and contemplate his reflection. Some kids like to play. Others just sort of wait for adulthood. So what is he putting in there? A secret. He'll grow up to have a wildly passionate and successful creative life. But not just yet. Hey, Spencer! 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 Spencer. Yes, also, check out other cool new toys for our sensitive boy line, like balconies for when they're ready to announce something, or a shattered mirror to examine the complex contradictions of their being. That thing's weird. I don't get it. That's because it's not for you. Because you have everything. Everything is for you. And this one thing is for him. Wells for Boys by Fisher-Price. Don't just give him a Barbie. I mean, it is like that, but that's just part of it. All right, so I'm here with the people behind that sketch, Julio Torres and Jeremy Byler. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Uh, so I want to go through the sketch, but I want to start from the very beginning, which is, uh, which makes sense for this. So what were you like as children? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> um, Jeremy, would you care to begin? <laughs> I think I deeply craved attention. That was kind of, that's kind of. The, Did you really? Yeah, I think huh, that's kind of okay. the, the tentpole takeaway from my childhood. You are not like that at all now. No, I'm, I've somewhat reserved myself now, I guess. Huh. No, I think like any, any footage of me as a little boy, like running around of any family gathering, I'm like 
following my uncle with the camera and just like shoving myself into every <laughs> shot of, of every other family member. Right, yeah. <laughs> Cameras gave you life. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. And they still do. <laughs> um, yeah. Leo? Uh, I was very quiet. I was very reserved. I don't think I, I never got in trouble. I don't think I did anything that warranted discipline. Uh, yeah, and I would just like wait for recess to be over. <laughs> Did you go so I could go recess? back to class and sit inside? <laughs> yeah. What what toys did you guys play with? A lot of Barbies. So many Barbies. I uh, yes, a lot of uh. My favorite was my Cinderella Barbie. Mm. Um, but also, I had this uh, little Barbie wedding dress that I really liked. And because I used it so much, it was like raggedy. <laughs> and I loved how like torn it was. Mm. And I would put a Barbie with no shoes in it and have her like wonder <laughs> about the garden. <laughs> Just sort of <laughs> thinking about what happened to her and how she got to this point. That is delightful. Yeah. Uh, and also my uh, my mother's an architect and something I really liked was that she would make, we would design houses out of cardboard. Mm. Um, like little dioramas? Like little dioramas. I loved like circular windows uh, and like little French doors. <laughs> <laughs> very nautical <laughs> yes yeah i had um i had like little cars <laughs> i was like somewhat huh. more <laughs> somewhat more boilerplate yeah i had a little fire truck that i really liked i also had like a doctor's stethoscope and like a doctor's lamp that i remember really liking a doctor's lamp yeah like a like a headlamp that oh like a, oh like actually a, wear in real life but like a cartoon a like doctor. a bugs bunny yeah. Do doctor yes, exactly. yeah 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 so I liked. Well, you like, um, uh, you like uh, all of these like professions. You like things yes. about pilots. Yes. You like things about doctors. I write a lot of sketches in like sterile environments. In very with, sterile like, environments. Status. Jeremy loves like, writing things that in airplanes, hospital, and funerals. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm into. I don't know what those have in common exactly, but I guess, risk. Yes. <laughs> death. Death. I do love writing about death. Yeah. And I loved playing with death as a child. <laughs> that as death loomed over all the toys yeah. they were playing with. Just like I also, a car would be zooming and careen off a yes. cliff. I think what I did most with my little cars is I like parked them in little rows. Well, you know, I, I, I had I didn't play a lot with cars, but I did have those tiny little cars that you could get at like gas stations for mm -hmm. I don't know, like very they they were like very small and very cheap. But um I guess like Hot Wheels cars, like that type of yeah, thing, like or like off-brand Hot. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I, I would those too. put them all in a row, and I would play traffic, and they would just be like <laughs> stuck in traffic. Play just like and I would move them the like yes, and I would move them like centimeters or like millimeters <laughs> at a time. I remember and they were just I could stuck in traffic. Um, my parents told me that I wouldn't go to bed until I had all my vehicles parked. <laughs> that is so like, funny. In little rows. And then I also had a little fire engine that I rode that was like little boy sized that you ride kind of <laughs> uh -huh. like with a foot on either side of it. Sure, sure, sure. Made of plastic. 
I believe Will you had a a makeshift well. Yes. If you want to explain what that is for this our listeners. There was a little I I lived in a couple of places growing up and there was this one small house that we had and there was this like little backyard with a an empty pot that <laughs> collected water. <laughs> And I would just like gently, <laughs> gently caress it uh, when when the time needed it. Sure. Yes. Yeah. So then many years pass and you're here. What moves it from a thing that was your life to this is maybe a thing that can go on television? I don't know. I think that I had never tried a commercial before. Mm-hmm. Like a commercial parody before, and uh, we toyed with versions of it that were basically just a little short film, kind of right. Yes, yes, because if if left to my own devices, I think we would both always make little movies that aren't necessarily parodies of anything. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that aren't uh, sketch comedy. But, yeah, uh, but then we remember where we are. Unfortunately, I, this one had to be on SNL. Yes. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'd never, like, successfully, like, I'd never written a commercial that I liked. I don't know how the idea popped in my head, but I know that I had, that it was an idea there for a while, because I kept postponing it for I, I, a long I time. I remember when you pitched it to me, it was so, there was something so funny about how specific <laughs> the product is. I think <laughs> I'd been thinking. Speaks, really speaks for itself. Now. Yeah, I think I'd been thinking about it for a while. I think the seed of it was like some stand-up joke that never worked Yeah, about a kid with a well. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, it's funny if it's a product yeah, for, for sale. Like a, like, yeah, yeah like, like in that big bubbly plastic. Like it's funny <laughs> if you like... can go get it at Toys R Us. <laughs> yes. That's what makes it not like cute and poignant, but a right. funny sketch. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's not like just like a specific detail in a short story, but like an actual right. piece yeah. of comedy. And, and I, the idea that there's like, there's like a missed market. <laughs> it's like we yes, found yeah, a new corner yes. of the market, like yeah. thousands of these boys <laughs> that we can make money right. from. Um, and also, I, I've always loved the like architectural tropes in fairy tales, like the just sort of the power of a staircase, <laughs> for example, <laughs> the dramatic power of a staircase or... Or like the other products that we put at the end. Julio a mirror truly a has one million of these and they're each brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Only one million stare ideas. Yeah. It's just like Toy Story, but they don't, they're still inanimate. They're just like, this has a life, but it doesn't necessarily move. It's just like, here's the staircase and here's its. Stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So then did you pitch it like in the Monday pitch or was it just kind of like a thing that you had around? No, I had the idea again for a while and we, you were like, yeah, let's do that. And then for whatever reason, we kept pushing it back for a while. Yeah, just other things sort of happened in place of it. But yeah, then one night we finally just got to it, I think. Yeah, and then it and it was it was pretty easy, I yeah. would say. What, so your first reaction, Jeremy, was like, that's a very specific detail. And then, but even before that, had you written anything together? Like, had, had yes. you even known each other before? Before SNL, and then how? I'm like, you know, the SNL partnerships are interesting because they are these sort of like high school dances in a way where people have to slowly meet each other. So yes. I'm always curious. Yes. We circled each other. Yes, we circled each other. So I'm always curious about like how someone approaches someone 
because they have to do it, but I don't, I, rem- I don't know if I could totally track it, but I can. I okay. um, <laughs> y- you were uh gone for a little bit of last season, yes, or were uh working on a couple of things we at the same time. Passing, we had met like in passing before, yeah. New York. Around, around New York, downtown. <laughs> it was downtown. The night was young. Picture it. Yeah. Um, but uh, professionally, we there was a vacant desk because Jeremy was busy. And I was asked to fill it for a few weeks. And then I met you. This is last season this is, when Julio... Was a guest writer. Season 41 when Julio yeah. guest wrote for three weeks. And then we just sort of got to talking at like a work function, but not a mm-hmm. work proper. Right. And then we talked a lot during the summer. Yeah. And we, that wasn't the first thing that we worked on together. No, we did no, some no, no, stuff no, 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 no. Yeah. 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 No, it absolutely felt, not. It, it was just fun. It's just fun to, like yeah. your ideas are all super fun. And it was, it didn't, I didn't think about it too much. It was just like, it was this easy. is great. So let's do this. And is there, Julia was available. It wasn't even the first water based <laughs> Uh, <laughs> sketch that we wrote together. Wait, what are you thinking of? The sink. Oh yes, of course. Yeah, it wasn't the, the first uh, uh, urn of water. We've, that... also, <laughs> we've also collaborated on many that have gone swiftly into the garbage. <laughs> yes, many, many, many. So, um, is the nature of the partnership? At least as it started, you making Julio sort of like kernel of idea, sort of more expanding upon it, well, or at least that was at first. I think in a lot of the cases it is like that, but in it's it's always just finding something that I don't think like ideas that either of us have that no one else would find <laughs> <laughs> feasible or funny uh, or like yeah, it's respond sort of- to. I know I've certainly written things with you that. Uh, no one else was remotely interested in <laughs> yes, writing. Yes, we do that pretty well together. too. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a little different with each one. Yeah, like, whether like some of them are my ideas and some are yours. Yeah, but then I think in, in a lot of the case with Julio's, he'll bring like a brilliant idea for a short film that I love, and then I think my sure. really one of my only contributions <laughs> to Wells was like, let's make it a little more commercially. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we get it on the show? <laughs> Why don't we have people see it? <laughs> so that sort of conversation, if you, you know, it's Tuesday, you're now going to write this thing or whatever, is, do you, does Julio do a pass and then you have a conversation about how to expand upon it? It's always different. We, I think this one, I, I think you did made, a pass. Made a pass and yeah. then, and then you yeah. made it better. And then I, we, uh, we look for commas that yeah. weren't. <laughs> supposed to be there and then and then we turned it in yeah, yeah. the commas are really yeah. <laughs> yeah. often we begin by just talking about the idea without scripting anything yeah. just yeah. kind of finding a few things that make us laugh a lot yeah and that if we find enough of those easily enough I feel like it's it feels okay to begin writing that thing yes which I think is a similar to the way a lot of people find their ideas but 
I always wonder this with commercial parodies, and you guys are the first people I've talked to who've written one, the sort of language before the joke starts, I always imagine being incredibly boring to have to write very specifically. Do you, That's do you, actually my favorite part. <laughs> is it? I was like, you're like, oh, I love trying to nail the Fisher. Do you like watch a commercial? Is there sort of... There were like, actually no Fisher-Price commercials. <laughs> we, that we, we looked for some, yeah. and they were so antiquated that they don't look like that anymore, I don't think. Right, yeah. I think they're cooler, and they want to make the child buy the toy mm-hmm. <laughs> they want yeah. to make the child like tug on mommy's skirt yeah yeah but i think that because we read so many commercial parodies every week yeah uh at work written by our peers we're <laughs> writing that language is pretty second nature i feel like yeah for me in this sketch, like the commercial voiceover and stuff yeah yeah and also they had jokes in like yeah the voiceover had in this one it jokes. just felt like let's get like the setup is important for the wells to land and feel like a little out of place yes so that yeah it was just like whatever is quickest to get to that drop. right yeah i, I mean I, th- I think there are certain things that the voiceover does especially at the beginning which is uh you know the title for the sketch is wells for boys but the voiceover says like wells for sensitive little boys mm-hmm. which is like a very specific distinction which which yes. I think was like essential for this sketch to even work is to say, oh, that we're talking about a, a thing that exists. And then mm-hmm. what it really is setting up is, oh, this sketch is not, it's like partly commercial parody, but it's really just a very short movie about a little boy. Yes, sure. Yeah. Because it's like, I feel like a commercial parody is the way in. And then we're seeing the life of this boy mm-hmm. and these two parents. There's a part where essentially it kind of breaks because. You go, you cut to the kid to do his testimonial, but then he whispers to his mom. And then you're like, yes. well, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. a commercial parody. Right. No, right. And we, we were very aware of that. And even <laughs> yes. that, that part was sort of questioned, I think, by all of us. Or maybe yeah. just, I don't know yeah. if you questioned it, but I was. About whether that would like read as what it was supposed whether, to be. Whether it was going to be too confusing yeah, to yeah, have, yeah. Uh, like, because. First of all, commercials don't have testimonials from boys being like, I love this truck. Uh, and second of that would be out of place necessarily. Sure. Though, but but yeah. He, yeah, it wouldn't be out of yeah. place hypothetically. He was like, yes, I love this well. Yeah. But yeah. what is out of place is hypothetically if he's the actor or the person being. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Because he's not a. Right. Because uh, then that's his real mother <laughs> yes. who's acting yeah. in the commercial. Yeah. We we had a couple alts for that take too. We had a lot of them. What did we go? We went with uh, Itu Mama Tambien. Right? <laughs> we went with Itu yeah, Mama yeah. Tambien. Yeah, the first we had a lot of different movie titles. I think. Yeah, I'm trying to remember some. Chocolate. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that one just didn't sound quite right. Yes, and also I I think I was hung up on oh, it, it sounding like, like candy. Yeah, yes. Right, right. <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's then, why a little boy would like that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, like yeah, exactly. So th- was it deliberate when you're like, this is that we have to have that sort of shift? Like, I mean, you said yeah, there's some debate, yes. but do you remember what made you realize that is what we have to go with? Well, I know that I was always a little hung up on, well, this can't just be a commercial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. It stops being a commercial, I think. Yeah. At a certain point, I think it. Yeah, I mean, half the joke is, wait, is this still a commercial? Because <laughs> then you go well, back sure. to it, right? You go like you go back to it at the very end. Like, yeah. And this, like, I think Dave McCary, who 
directed yes. it, like deserves a lot of credit for this yes. part of it too. It, he's really brilliant, but he he has like, one of the most tender, beautiful yes. hands. But I think when yeah. it comes to <laughs> right. directing, yeah, he's really incredible. But as it, I think as it goes on, the perspective of the boy <laughs> starts to kind of control the commercial. A little yes, bit. yes, we're seeing life through his <laughs> yeah. eyes. Yeah. yeah. For what he allows us and to then, see, because we're always the way the way he framed those shots with the well were so yeah. good because we're spying on him, and I think that's like something that he kept saying. It's like we're looking at him when he doesn't know that we're looking at him. Right. And you gave him that. You gave the kid that note once to just like on this next take, just look right into the lens. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Just suddenly realize that you're being observed. <laughs> Realize the scope of it all. Yes, realize the magnitude <laughs> of what you're doing. I mean, Dave made so many amazing choices with this one, but the top one was definitely casting that yeah. kid. Yeah, that kid was great. The the decision, the the line, which is, or even the the beat, which is like, you know, eventually you'll have a passionate, f- f- like for fruitful, uh, creative life, but like obviously that's in the future. Mm-hmm. What made you be like, oh, it needs that? I think also otherwise it would just be a very sad sketch. Do you feel like that is like, I oh. think I, that one I think specifically came from just sort of me reassuring my parents in the past. <laughs> <laughs> and because my, I know that my father was so very worried that I would never have rent and that I would never, uh, sort of come out of my mother's, come out of my mother's skirt and just like never. Uh, be a functional person <laughs> so i think this one was just sort of like it'll be fine but not for a while <laughs> <laughs> you have to just wait you have to just was wait the other one you have to wait for adulthood yes and that is that's like something that i always felt that i did that i before having agency in like moving here and all of that i felt yeah. like i just sat and waited were there other ideas other than a balcony and a broken mirror as possible series in this line of ideas? I can't remember if there was another series, but I do remember the Philip Glass button, the music by oh, Philip right. Glass button <laughs> on the well that didn't make it. Right. We yeah. cut that because it just looked a little awkward and it sounded weird, I think. But there was like a there was a plastic a little plastic button on the side of the well, the well that lit up with a little music note on it and it just played like Philip Glass. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like a like a little toy piano version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember first telling uh, Emma Stone, who was the host that weekend in the sketch, about the idea and her reaction to it? I remember being weary that we had such a great good actor and that we're asking them to be a parent in a commercial mm-hmm. i remember thinking how underwhelming yeah yet yeah, that two, two was or three short beats going to be but i do know that she responded very well to the idea and that she loved the yeah she the was sketch. Great. yeah <laughs> she was she, she was really funny too yes it, it yeah. felt easy yeah. i can't think of yeah. that that mom became such a specific choice and such a yeah i mean all the performances in are like tremendously good i will talk to him about emma stone but i'm obsessed with bobby's performance yes yes <laughs> bobby's let's, yeah, just... let's talk about emma first so that part in the end the sort of this isn't for you everything's for you but this mm-hmm. is such a 
powerfully performed speech. It is. Yeah. I remember I, I didn't cheer up the first time I was watching it, but I remember I rewatched it the second time. I was uh-huh. like, this is so much. This is so – she was like, this is a real thing that she's experiencing. Do you remember shooting that the day or even what the note was or what she was like, this is what I'm going for? I think she understood 100% what it – yeah. what it needed to be and then took that and made it even better i think that yeah yeah i think we did a few takes that were that were a little more softer softer or something. yeah yeah and once we felt we got that i think yeah we told her to just blast it <laughs> right because it's like really like in it she's 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 a sort of like lioness of a mother and just sort of just <laughs> yeah. defending her yeah uh her so cub. so as i promised <laughs> Bobby's performance yes. is so good. Yes. It's so small. And he's like, he probably has like three scenes and they're all like reaction shots. Yeah. What did you, uh, what was the conversation about what this role was, what the family dynamic is? There was none. There was none. <laughs> but I think at that point, Bobby already knew and appreciated what made us laugh. And also, okay. I mean, there's just something so beautiful about seeing a really funny, very silly comedic actor be so small and so, so tender he, and which is so closest to what him. he is in yeah. real life. Yeah. 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 He can play something so gently that in a way that is so wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. His reaction when he, he calls for the kid and then Emma Stone does and then he only rests and that face of, I'm just, I'm trying. So yes. Hard. Yes. <laughs> right. Very honest. And that, I mean, that all came from him. And then, so the, the boy, yeah. how did you find this magical little boy? Dave showed us a few, us a few, a few, a few auditions, <laughs> uh, but it was very clear that that one you, was just, the, the does, one. Does SNL have just like kids pre-audition? Like, how would you quickly? No, uh, it all moves very quickly. I think they they were like, oh well, we can't get those tapes till tomorrow afternoon because of school. Right, right, right. Uh, so we had to wait for the children to come out of school so they could go tape their auditions. <laughs> um, but um, once again, school in the way. Once again, needs. school <laughs> it gets in the way. No, they. I. I'm. I don't know exactly how it works, but I guess they yeah. send them like sides or something, and then they're like there were there little were self kids tapes, kind of like leaning up against a little. He step leaned ladder. against a little step ladder. Not right. all of them did that. Right, right, right. Yeah, that some of them it. made a little well in the. Yes. Video. Yeah. Because really, the 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 audition was to Caress lean, the lean well. against it and look. <laughs> yeah. You, you mentioned Dave, and I think the the tone of the piece is is very specific, especially because it starts with kind of that commercial parody, mm-hmm. like boy, and then it like shifts music and it shifts tone, and it's 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 very gentle, but still sometimes an advertisement, and then sometimes like really melodramatic. Were there conversations about what you're hoping for, or at that point he already worked with you guys, so you kind of knew. I think he knew. <laughs> I think he, mm-hmm. yeah. It it was like a was like an implicit conversation. Yeah. Uh, he, he wanted the same thing that we wanted out of it. Yes. It's hard to end sketches, I think, famously. And I think the last line is perfect in sort of like somehow being funny, but also like maintaining a nuance into what the story is. The mm-hmm. don't just get him a Barbie. I mean, it's like that, but that's just part of it. Yeah. And as you mentioned, you played with Barbies, but. Uh, so what was the kind of hope with that? What were your, what do you think it captured that sort of joke at the end at last? To me, it was very important to have that line because 
I don't know what how you feel, but my takeaway from this, it's not a sketch about gayness. So it's not like, oh, just give him a barbie, yeah. let him play with dresses, yeah. and he'll be fine. It's about it. It. Yeah, like oh, like it's not like oh, that's a gay boy. It's like yeah, there's, <laughs> no, because they're very much very different than that. Yes, it's about it's just and... uh, being different and isolated in a in a bigger sense that yeah. isn't just that. And it could be that, but it doesn't necessarily. Happen. It could be that, but it doesn't. It doesn't necessarily <laughs> is that. Uh, that little boy could be an atheist. <laughs> That's what it is. Yes, yeah. Although they, they, they were like, I wish I had a well to yeah. not have no God to <laughs> dream to. So I, I want to talk about Showtime and Forward, but we need to take a quick break for this word from our sponsor. Hi, it's me. So I'm here to talk to you about algorithms uh, because they're good and I love them. My friend Maris uh, Kreisman wrote an article about how they're bad, but I think they're good, especially the Apple Podcasts algorithm, which takes into account how often you rate the show or write a review on Apple Podcasts because it's a great measurement tool because it shows, you know, fan engagement or whatever. Anyway, I want you to do that. That's what this ad is for. Can you do it? And if you do it, I'll say how good your review is. So recently, definitely not Ben wrote a review and he's good for doing it. It was a good review. Um, I don't know what his name is. I know it's not Ben. I bet. It's also Jesse. So thank you, Jesse, for writing that review. And back to the show. So we are back. So uh, it's uh, 11.30 or I don't know when it aired during the show, but sometime between 11.30 and 1 o'clock on Saturday. So how does it play in the studio? And specifically, how was it for you guys when it played in the studio? Uh, I think I think it was received to a satisfying uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, loud grins. <laughs> yes. No, I think uh, at first it's a very quiet first. A first person laughs very early on, but yes. only one you can hear, which is great about SNL. You can hear one person laugh at just, mm -hmm. but like the some boys need something else. Or like yes, yes, yes. One yes. person's like, yeah, and it didn't even matter what the premise was. And then as it kept on going, people started getting it. It seemed like, yeah. I think that it's definitely at the end of the day. I do. It's. It, I think it's a very accessible piece. Yeah. But I think that once people identify either themselves in it or the kind of person that is being described, mm -hmm. then that's when. Because I, I think that the the parts that were better received were the boy in the context of the other boys. Because that's the very easily yeah. identifiable, yes. like little the like hard turn loner. Yeah. To him. Yes. Yeah. 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 Just the fact that they're they're like, God, those. It's not that type of boy, and anyone who's not that, you're like, oh, it must be hard, right? Because that is what you expect in a toy commercial. And then here he is, like tracing his finger around. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well. You only see well-adjusted children in toy commercials. <laughs> <laughs> Next day it goes online, and I would say. It struck a chord with certain people. I mean, I, 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 I loved it, but also there was an advocate wrote a headline, which was Wells for Boys Nails the Loneliness of Queer Kids. Well, that's why we set out to write this. Yeah. I, was, <laughs> I imagine we shooting for an advocate piece and we got it. You've gotten so many dates out of it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, how do you feel when someone says like, oh, this is, I mean, like the piece is many different things, but ascribe a certain sort of a agenda to what mm -hmm. you're saying. Uh, well, I mean, I think it was 
written by two gay writers <laughs> yes. whose otherness is linked to their sexuality, but I don't think that's necessarily all of it. Yeah. Or it's exclusively for that, uh, with that agenda, with that purpose. Yeah, it wasn't the it wasn't the reason, but but obviously yeah. it's uh, it's it's connected it's, to it and it's linked to it. It's nice to see any response to any <laughs> sketch, let alone yeah. like someone who you feel uh, yeah gets yeah. it in that way. Yeah, you know, that's that was kind of nice. It seemed like it was. I mean, people that live that life were like, "This is a piece of art that expresses that in a medium that you don't usually see that expressed." I think. Yes, I, I, I imagine most people like. Oh, eventually there'll be a movie about a a gentle gay kid, and mm -hmm. then my life will be finally told on the big screen or whatever. And said it's a commercial parody on Saturday Night Live. Sure, we had someone on set pull us aside. I don't remember who it was, but she just I think grabbed her arm and said, "Thank you. I have a sensitive boy." <laughs> yes, it it was a thing where Julio, from knowing your stand up and just knowing your work, I was like, "Oh, I assume Julio wrote that." I, which is, I remember I interviewed Chris Kelly early in the season. And I was like, oh, did Julio write Diego? He's like, yeah, Julio wrote Diego. But, and I, I was kind of wondering, you know, especially this is your first full season as a writer. I wouldn't say struggle is the right word, but sort of. <laughs> oh, no, boy. No, no. <laughs> I think it's sort of what is the sort of process or um, of being, trying to create specific work that mm -hmm. is specific to who you are as an artist in an institution that's been around for 40 years. I think it ultimately is about how I don't know how to do anything else. Um, so, like, what else am I going to do? <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Yeah. So you can only produce what you know how to produce. Yeah. And then, I mean, Jeremy, before SNL, you wrote for Inside Amy Schumer. Yeah. How is it different <clears throat> writing for a show that is, like, someone in the... This has to be tangentially related to someone's brain and this, which is defined by being... A variety show. I don't know. I don't know that I think about it so differently in that way. I mean, I think there's a... Similarly, it's all that I really know how to do, but I also mm -hmm. think, like, with either show, there are a set of limitations and challenges that you just kind of try to mm -hmm. incorporate and uh, write toward. But I think also SNL can support a lot of different kinds of voices, so it's not about, like, no voice, but... Um, just I think it cha may change from week to week. I mean, it's probably different each year, but I, from it, from being, uh, I've, I've interviewed a few head writers before, and often they're like, mostly the job is writing the sketches that no one else wants to write, whatever that is, whether it be, oh, we need something that uses a lot of cast, or mm -hmm. there's a pop culture thing that we have to tap into, or a topical thing. Do you think, not saying you want to be head writers or not this is not i'm not asking if that's your goals but do you think you could do something like that be a, a general we need a thing write that thing either of you i wouldn't be as good <laughs> i've done it for this show plenty sort of being a utility writer or sort of helping with a piece that the show like really needs but yeah. is not necessarily like my heart and soul but it's still i still have at least in the last few years, I still have uh, sometimes found joy from that. But it's not quite the same as like a piece like this or like. Is is the joy just more like the joy of being a good team team member? I'm trying to think of what. It's it a little bit that. It's a little <laughs> bit like being a soldier. Yeah. Or just like I surprisingly mean, 
being like, oh, there's what felt like a homework assignment. It, I'm suddenly it, they do feel laughing like homework assignment at it. Sometimes. And, I guess for me, the joy is like trying to make the other writers laugh. Like yeah. that's kind of the sure. main, yeah. that's the main thing that's driving me through pieces like that. Mm-hmm. So this episode airs on December 3rd. So it's, it's after the election. So here you are at SNL. T- Trump has tweeted about watching and there's sort of this like growing pressure by outside media put on it, you know, like or even uh, New York Magazine wrote an article unrelated to comedy about is political art the only art that matters? So I, I and this sketch answers that question. Well, so I mean, <laughs> so I think on personal levels, uh-huh. when people are like kind of now expecting just artists now to only do things that are topical. Yeah. How did you feel in that moment where specifically SNL is expecting for the first time to be like, you guys aren't only doing satire? I mean, like, there's more, there's a lot to this sketch, but uh, it is not a sketch, obviously, that is topical. Did you personally feel pressures to respond to whatever these times are? I mean, SNL had a big season with a political climate, but most of it wasn't. Yeah political most of it if you look at a a breakdown of the show there are a lot of strong political pieces in there that are very memorable but a lot of it isn't so no i don't i don't think i i felt a pressure to have to be uh political especially when there was so many great people doing that very well well. (laughs) yeah yeah I mean, I think I this season, I think I felt like one of the, I felt really fortunate to be at SNL because yeah. it's a place where like, if you have something that you might mm-hmm. think is a, in the zeitgeist or whatever, for lack of a better term, just like something that you're personally struggling with or thinking, and you can like turn it into a sketch that's actually funny. Yeah. It's like really a special place because people might see it and it might, yes. like, it might be, it might in some way be, um, it might, I don't know, it sort of feels therapeutic or something to process yeah. the world through writing a sketch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so I, I definitely looked for opportunities for that, but I didn't always find them. And simultaneously, I'm also like always just looking for what's fun and what floats my sure. boat. So it wasn't like anything with a lot of pressure. But also I think that the uh, political climate warrants political satire, but also just thinking of matters of identity and giving yeah. a voice to uh, kinds of people that aren't, that don't feel represented right now. And I feel like that is not the that wasn't the thesis and then we thought well let's write a sketch about that <laughs> yeah. but this yeah because also sometimes you the... just want to break and you just want to write like a sketch about a man stuck in a chair <laughs> yes, like... yeah exactly but this piece i think is was well received because it touched on on yeah. that sentiment uh where is the well now that's oh a good gosh, question. I well I was now. wondering that this morning. You should be own you should own that. <laughs> I should own that. Yeah. I I'm Don't looking for a studio apartment. apartments, so <laughs> probably not, but uh I no bed, just a well in the middle. <laughs> yeah, just a well in the middle. I like to think that it's safe somewhere. Safe somewhere? Yeah. I wonder where it they is. Take I wonder care if of their they props just here. like put it in a dumpster. <laughs> no, no, they wouldn't. <laughs> 
not not the well from Wells. Not for the boys. well from Wells for boys. We kept we keep like every goddamn wig that anyone's ever used. <laughs> <laughs> we can, like apparently. Yeah, you never know. be needed again it will for all those be... other sketches. Yes, about exactly. <laughs> Alright, so that sound means it's time for the laughing round, which is like a lightning round, but because it's comedy, we call it a laughing round. Sure. Um, oh gosh. So, wow. I said sure, but. Uh, yeah. like, of course. Yeah, of course. Yes. Down, but I'm not. Yes. <laughs> it's, a, it's still at the same pace. It's not like I'm going to ask fast questions. Favorite SNL thing uh, this season or ever not written by you? I really love one of my favorite sketches is a pretty obscure one. It's an old Phil Hartman sketch called Robot Repair. I think it was written by John Lovitz. It's very busy. He's like, he is a robot and he's doing a, like a home repair mm-hmm. show mm-hmm. And, it's, and he keeps having a dispute with his off camera producer about the title of the show because the title suggests <laughs> that it's how to repair robots, but actually the show is a robot doing household yes. repairs. Yeah. <laughs> it's very bizarre and very funny. I, I mean, the Continental always comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christopher Walken and the fern with googly eyes. Mm-hmm. I love a lot of the commercial parodies. Like oh, you do? Happy Fun Ball, um, Colin Blow, Schmidt's Gay. I'm like, uh-huh. into those ones yeah snl doesn't necessarily reveal who writes what so whenever i get a chance i try to get writers on the record to say the things they write you can just list a few just because they feel like everyone's curious and then just list a few, <laughs> just, just list <laughs> a few things. that's all there are so. <laughs> or a bunch or a dozen uh why don't i do things that jeremy has written that i really liked sure that's a good way of doing it. uh um tom hanks and alec baldwin pilot sketch where alec baldwin thinks he's going to be the pilot but turns out that he's the co-pilot tom, and it's, tom hanks thinks he's going to be the pilot yeah yes he plays Sully. oh tom yes Sully and it's Sully. a long dry dance of male ego mm-hmm. <laughs> which yeah. i loved and you and james wrote the rupaul um drag race yes the, the mechanics loving secretly loving rupaul's mm-hmm. drag race Julio has written some really I might your videos of course are my favorite but you've written some great live stuff too. You've written a ton this year. I really loved a sketch you did with hamsters uh oh, portraying yes, Virginia yeah. Woolf, doing yes. doing Virginia Woolf. Yeah, with that Anna was like dressing. truly one of my favorites. What do you feel? Uh yeah, I mean Kate was so so funny in it. <laughs> and Emily Blunt as... What a dream. What a voice. <laughs> yes, for sure. Yeah. The sink, of course. Yes. <laughs> the sink, of course. Which might be my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. You get to honor that sink. Yes. <laughs> yeah. If you could write for any SNL cast member, living or dead, but not obviously a current cast member, <laughs> who would you like to write for and who would you like the other person to write for? Um, If they have to be... They don't have to be dead. What was the rule again? They could be anyone that's just not a current cast member. <laughs> okay. Don't break the rules. Literally <laughs> okay, um, just anyone who's not a current anyone who, okay, Anyone who I wouldn't currently be able to write yes. for. Yeah, got it. Um, for me, it's Phil Hartman. For you, it's Phil Hartman? Yeah. I know and really love and have always admired Lorraine Newman. Interesting. Yeah. Who would you want the other person to write for? Who would I like Jeremy to write for? 
I can't think of one person I wouldn't want Julio to write for. Maybe Jan Hooks. Oh, that would okay. be really yeah. That would be exciting. That tells me who I thought. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't know why. Who would I? Like? But how could you choose? I mean, I mean, you've the written idea, the, for the, the idea of Julio writing something for many, many different cast members is very thrilling. Kind of um, who it is. I mean, you've written with and for Maya Rudolph, which is such a mm. beautiful fit, I think. So that's cheating because he's done it, yeah. but he can do um, it again. I, I guess the rules didn't specify you can't do it again. <laughs> I'm trying to think of someone who's the perfect person who's clinical, uh, articulate. <laughs> I love this take on me because it's so, I think it's becoming more and more true. Actually. Clinical, articulate, serene. Yes. Calm. Maybe that's why I chose Phil Hartman. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to take your answer away from you, but yeah. Do you have a sketch that didn't air, that wasn't put online, that either didn't go a table or dress, that at this point you won't try again, but you will go to your grave thinking is funny? Or one that is your that jumps Oh, I am tr- trying it again. <laughs> I am trying all of them again. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. I There's this one that wasn't filmed but almost made it. Um, oh, yeah called I'll, I'll just give you the title of it it's called tiny little stairs <laughs> and i won't give away what it is but it's called tiny little stairs i'll just vouch for it it's quite wonderful i wrote a sketch that went to dress that um let's see it's not very good <laughs> but it's um it's a little sketch about like Vanessa Bayer is a widow mm-hmm. and she's going to meet the man who received her husband's heart donation. And it's sort of like this. I, I heard this story on this American life about that when that happened. And the, the, this woman met the heart recipient and they had this like otherworldly deep connection. It was like very beautiful, but Vanessa goes to meet the man who received <laughs> Her husband's heart, and he's just like a full piece of shit. <laughs> sure, <laughs> he's just like smoking and like playing his music and shit. Do you know who is who is supposed to play the piece of shit? I wrote it. It went to dress for um, for Casey Affleck, and then I tried many times again, but <laughs> I think it's meant to go to rest at this point. Yeah. That's it for another episode of Good One. SNL airs live Saturday nights on NBC. You know that it's SNL. You can follow Julio on Twitter at Julio the Square and Jeremy at Jeremy Byler. Good One is produced by Jordan Bell and Jennifer Lai. Justin D. Wright did our theme song. Write a review and rate the show on Apple Podcasts. Five stars, please. And hey, if you know anyone who might, you know, like the podcast, maybe tell them. What the heck? You can email any comments, questions, or laughing around suggestions to goodonepodcast at gmail.com. I am Jesse David Fox, and you can follow me at Jesse David Fox. We'll be back with a new episode next Monday. Have a good one.